In the studio right now, John Park, you know him as Dunfounded. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about this. You're known, uh, to me, I know you as a rapper. You right. know, a lot of people, like a battle rapper. Right, right, right. But now, this is the first time I'm knowing you as, oh, he's John Park, the actor. After the whole Aquafina thing came out, now, are you pressing that name more now, John Park? Well, it's not, it's, it's tough because you know i i there's like uh something i'm developing right now it's about myself and getting older as a rapper you know which already is like funny right like a rap a rapper is this kind of immortalized character where there's like it's almost ageless you yes. know what i'm saying and like i got the nickname when i was like 14 15 years old i'm 33 now how'd you get the nickname I don't even remember. That's how that's how long ago it was. <laughs> I really don't remember. I think like somebody just gave it to me because I, you know, I'm, I was like a space cadet, just de- dazing off and stuff, or just had this like dumbfounded look or whatever. But really, I just got it so young, and you know, I just thought about that like this past year. Like I've been dumbfounded longer than like John Park. Like more people have called me dumbfounded than John Park. You know, so it's like a weird place to be when you get older. You know, yeah. like, you, like you don't want you don't want to be in a restaurant. And somebody say, "Hey, dumb." And then you're like, I'm 30. Yeah, like, well, yeah. yeah. And then people around you are like, what? What? That's your name? You know what I mean? Like people who don't know who you are. They're like, what the fuck is a dumb Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, like, so so uh, what's your name? But now John Park, you're going to use that in the in the shows you do, television shows so. you do in the future? I think like John like Dumbfounded Park or something. Yeah. I don't know. John Park is cool though. I think because I was like, okay, I'm not going to do the H. I'm going to do the J-O-N. You know, because yeah. It's actually short for Jonathan. That's my full name, but I don't know. It's it's tough. You know, it's like a ludicrous situation or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know. Yeah, I mean? he's always gonna be ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, The Rock had the whole change to Dwayne Johnson fully. Really, he's not really The Rock anymore at all. See, I, I still call him to, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think everybody yeah. will know him as The Rock, but yeah, right. Dwayne Johnson. At least you know his other name. Yeah, too. he's transitioned. Like I feel like there's people. I guess people still know him as The Rock, right? Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So, how'd you get involved in battle rapping? Was it something you like, young age? You, what groups were you into? Well, I, you know, I was always into hip hop. Like, I think growing up in Los Angeles during the time, like now, all the kids listen to everything, like rock, hip hop, everything. It was but so back, segregated. Back yeah, then. yeah. Back then, it was. It was mm-hmm. like you got the rockers, like at school, the bench, the the metalheads, the the hip hop heads, and all that. Um, I was a little bit of everything though. Like I, I like listening to everything, but hip uh, hip hop drew me in a little bit more. And uh, uh, I remember just uh, kind of at the school just freestyling a lot before I even you know I wasn't making songs or anything. Like, but you can freestyle anytime. You know, there's like you can make a beat anywhere and just freestyle. And so I was doing that. I was a class clown, so I loved roasting. You know, homie. Yeah, yeah. That that was the shit. You know, what I mean, like just clowning on each other. And I was like. Damn, I'm good at this. Like, I, I could, like, ro- I was a skinny dude, you know? Like, that's all I really had. Like, that was the only way I could defend myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could make I could make a big big dude twice my size feel like shit. Yeah. Like, verbally. Yeah, you know what exactly. I'm so, it was kind of a defense mechanism. And it was just like, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm funny and I'm good at this. I can clown and I could rap. So, I was like, let me mix that in and clown on you in rhyme form you know so so when did you because when did you get to that level of success where people really started to know who you were yeah so like i didn't make songs or like i didn't you know perform and tour or none of that um for a while like i was like just freestyling and battling That's and this all is at I school did. at school at first and then all of a sudden you know I, i'm doing it in the local los angeles scene you know like i was in the hip-hop scene like 
all the LA cats who are rappers and stuff, they know they know me from like way back to just coming up. And um, obviously, I was like one of the like only Asian dudes, so like that kind of helped me stand what was the out make- a little bit. You know, what was the makeup of your school? Like, was it a mixed school? Uh, actually, I went to two different high schools, and uh, one was like pretty like mixed it was like in Los Feliz so it was like okay. hipster, it was like hipster kids but yeah. I went to another school towards downtown that was like, hood, hood. like hood. I was like one of like six Asian kids and the rest of the Asian kids were like fobs you know what I mean <laughs> like they were all like exchange students and I was like the only it, it, then that school was like 98% like Latino like okay there was only like like 30 black kids it was you know what I'm saying like 30 black kids six Asian kids and like thousands of Latino kids so so which experience did you like better uh, honestly, I kind of needed both to be honest to make, kind of make up who I am, really. You know what I mean? Like I needed to experience like the little hipster kids because you know that Los Feliz school—it's like by Silver Lake, so all those kids were like sons and daughters of like directors and you know what I mean, like artist type adults. You know what I mean? So it kind of gave me a little bit of both, I would say. Uh, and and uh, you going up, you going through high school, then you created a name and rap battle rapping when did like here's one thing i don't know is after eminem lose yourself came out that's where normal people like me discovered battle rapping we were like oh this is a world i knew about it but i didn't really know about it like how far ahead of that movie were you guys like Uh, it was was definitely those uh you know years before but it wasn't that much before because it was like kind of the like i'm not like super old yeah i mean but it was it was uh that was, I would say, like peak battle rap for sure. You know, when that movie came out, because Eminem, we, you know, we before was he, Eminem known as a battle rapper back then. Yeah, in the, actually, in the real before, scene? before he de- debuted, people knew him as a battle rapper. Okay, like before his first album, like you know, and got signed and everything, we actually knew about him, like super underground. So he was legit, legit, like an underground battle rapper, like because we knew about all the top dudes in different cities. You know, what I mean, like. So I didn't really get into battle rap necessarily in my school. Like I did that, but when I really got heavy into it was this open mic that I got introduced to in South Central, and this was called Project Blowed. And this this is uh, derivative of like a, a, a classic open mic from the '90s that was called the Good Life Cafe, and it was like this is like legendary spot. I'm talking like. Um, you know what's funny is you know Ava DuVernay. Yeah, she was a rapper in this open mic way back in the day. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I knew about Ava DuVernay as a rapper, and her first ever film project is a documentary on this open mic. So I went to that screening. This was like before Selma or any of that. You know, how I mean? was she as a rapper? She, she, this was, she was abstract, like really abstract styling, like because she was part of this group that was two girls and one dude. Um, I, I forget the name. I feel like it, the name was like Anamana Pierce, something like okay. some real like yeah. underground shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like she made this documentary about that open mic, and I went. I remember going to the screening, and I knew about her as a rapper, and she just kind of, you know, became a filmmaker and made this documentary. So I really enjoyed kind of seeing seeing the that open like footage of that open mic that was kind of like. Uh, a generation before me so it was like looking at like my grandparents or something you know yeah. I mean? uh, but I'm, I'm from that this family of this open mic and I'm like a one generation of this open mic and this open mic is legendary it's, it spans from literally early 90s to like the early 2000s you know what I mean like a really long time and so. why did it end did was it, it just ended, it, it, just because it had its run you know gotcha. it, it was every Thursday night every Thursday night in South in Lamert Park um, uh, you know, starts at 10 p.m. So I'm this Korean kid from Koreatown at the age of 15, you know, like literally, 
uh, hop in my friend's car. He introduces me to this place, you know, because at, at that time I was already like the best like rapper in my school, you know. So, you, so did you have a name then at your school? You had a name, yeah, but no, nothing not, in the scene. Like okay. I was, I was just a freshman in high school, you know. So like my boy was like, I know about this open mic, yo. You want to check it, check it out? I was like, cool, I'm down. So at that point, I'm cocky, arrogant, like I'm the best rapper, whatever. He takes me there, and there's like hundreds of kids, like black kids, Latino kids, like barely any Asians, really. Like me and the homie are like the only <laughs> yeah. ones, you know? And there's like mad ciphers. There's like f- five, six ciphers of like 20 people around this whole park in this building, you know? It's like, this is literally the spot, you know? Stick my head in, I'm ready to rap. And I hear the best rappers, and I'm like, Oh shit! Like I need to go back to the drawing board. So did you pull like, out that first night? I didn't even rap that first night because wow. I was so nervous. I was like, I was ready. Like I made my way through the crowd, stick my head in the circle, and then I hear the first dude rap. And I remember like the first dude. He's like one of my friends now, but like remember hearing him, and I was like, this is like the best freestyling I've ever heard in my life. Like it was so good, and I was like, oh shit! So I kept like you know amping myself. I'm, I'm gonna go in next. I'm gonna go in next for like hours you know at the end it just closes and i'm walking back to my car like i should have fucking hopped in <laughs> so how how many times did you go back before you jumped I, in? i jumped in i think the third time the second time i i, st- I kept trying to just kind of observe and learn like who who the dudes are you know what i mean because you know like you go to the spots and like you know the regulars you know what i mean so i started kind of soaking that in but it was tough it was a it was the first environment where i kind of experienced like you had to grab the mic you had to like you no one was like i'm done freestyling now it's your turn like you know what i mean like like, there was none of that shit you had to interrupt somebody to to do your thing and when when you interrupt somebody not everyone's cool with that so it turns into this thing where both y'all are rapping at the same time and then someone starts battling you and that's why it became like a big spot for battle rap because you know, it turned into battles all the time because you're talking over each other and no one wants to stop. Like, y'all keep going over uh-huh. each other until it turns into a battle. So it starts, let me get this right. So it starts with you just saying one of your raps, but that <laughs> other person is saying theirs. And then you're like, oh, screw this. We're going to go at each other. Yeah, I mean, you can be cool and just stop and let the other dude rap. But, you know, there was... That's a sign of weakness. Though, yeah, right? well, there's also times where you might not respect the other dude. like, And you're like, why the fuck are you resp- you're interrupting me? I'm going off right now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm killing it. Uh-huh. So you, when you hear that person go off, and then then you're going to be like... You know, you, you start doing this thing like... like Yo, you need to calm the fuck down. Like, like you tell him to calm down while you rap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. You suck. Like, you know, like you're rap. And that's that's. I feel like that's a lot of times that kind of that's the most natural form of battle rap. Not like signing up, you go on stage, but yeah. like when you're ciphering and then you st- turns into a battle. Okay, you know I mean? so like, your third time you go up, how'd it go for you? Um, not that great, really. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sucked for a long time. You know, like. I thought I was tight, and I think that's that's this is for any artist. It's like you got to take yourself out of your element and put your you know challenge yourself, you know, in the best of the best crews. You know, like like in comedies like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can kill it locally, but you got to take yourself to the the elite spots. You know what I mean? And uh, that was like that for me. This place was like my like Hogwarts. You know, like right yeah. my rap school. That was like the nerdiest like hip hop. <laughs> that was like awkward stuff. <laughs> but it was really that spot, and like because uh, there was this outside area where it was like the ciphers where people are freestyling and battling. But there was also an inside area where you sign up and you can perform a song that you made. Like you give them the DJ your CD, they play your beat, and you perform a song on the stage. Gotcha. And that was really tough too because 
if you if if there the host was like, yo, if you're not feeling the artist um, chant, please pass the mic. Please pass the mic. This was like a thing. So like it, it was like the Apollo or something. Apollo right? where you yeah. get dragged off. Yeah. So the DJ when you when the DJ starts hearing that chant, the the you know turn, turns the yeah. beat off and you just have to get off stage. So uh, th- this was like a huge thing. I, I remember the first time I did a song on it, I got passed. You know what I mean? And I kept coming back. And I think like you gotta. There's two ways artists. When you got passed as uh, like as, when I did a song. I, I did a song. The full song, or did they? No, say I only made it like like 16 seconds. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 16 seconds. Then it's like please pass. pass I start somebody. hearing that. Uh. DJ turns off the beat. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Get off the stage. And then the host is like, yeah, man, just come back next week or something. And that's it. You can't, you know. It's almost it. like an open mic for stand-up. Like, you got to just keep trying to it, it, sharpen it, your skills. It was harsh. And I always say that, like, that was one of the things that made me who I am and strong as an artist. Because there's two ways artists can take those things. It's like you can either be like, fuck y'all. Y'all don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you could just be like, nah, I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to kill it. You know what I mean? There's two ways you can be, you can take that, you know? And I, I was like, nah, I want to come back and I want to get the respect. You know who I mean? were the so, big rappers at that time? Like, who who ruled that, uh, that? Well, there's a lot of, like, to me, these are, like, my heroes that no one knows oh, about. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people have that, even in the comedy world, right? Absolutely. Like, you know the dudes that are, like, your heroes, but not, the world really don't know about mm-hmm. them. But there were actually a lot of uh, big rappers that did come out of this open mic. Like, Skilo was one of them, you know? Like, uh, you know, he got a deal like while going to this open mic way back in this is like before my time. Yeah. Freestyle Fellowship was a group that came out of there and they were like an early group from the nineties. Farside knew about this. You know, this oh, was wow. like this was like, you know, I mean a lot of the, the, the West Coast connection, like all these West Coast gangster dudes know about this place too. You know what I mean? It was one of those like real, real rap, like West Coast rap like staples. You know what I mean? And I, I come from a generation of this, so I'm lucky, you know, like I caught like some of these OGs too, I, and you gotta. They, by the time I was going there, these fools were like old already. Yeah, yeah. But they were like, I, it was crazy seeing dudes who were like in their thirties, like killing it in the freestyle. Like I knew a dude who's who's like, I, I like one of my OG Micah Nine. He's like from this West Coast like um, history. He's like in his forties. You still see him at a function, and he's freestyling his ass off, and he's sick, like so sick. You know. Now, now, when you freestyle, how much is really freestyle, and how much is already in your head, and you just put new words into? I it? I mean, I come from a school where, like, you know, we're straight freestyle. Like our our well, our open mic, this open mic that I come from, we're known for freestyling in particular, like like straight up the freestyle, top, the, the best freestylers in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like it became like, and I, I that's what I became addicted to in particular. Like I'm a rapper, I make songs and shit, but really my passion is like freestyling. You know, like I started so young, and I started hearing some of the best freestylers that like now, like I'm driving down the street, I see words on a billboard, and I turn it into like a rhyme game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I see like like Dolly Parton, I'd be like Olive Garden, yeah, you know? <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin. You know, like yeah. like multi-syllabic rhymes. Like it's like a crazy habit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got to take a break. Only 30 seconds for everybody that's listening. We'll be right back. It's the Michael Yo Show. All right, before we get into the podcast, I just want to let you know, uh, me, Ernie, we put this podcast together for free. It's for you at no charge. We only ask you a couple of things. If you could, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we need the comments and the stars. It means a lot. It moves us up in the charts. We're getting great momentum, and we appreciate you. That's all we ask. 
That's all we ask. We do this for free. Please subscribe, subscribe, start up, and leave a comment. Thanks for listening to the Michael Yo Show. All right, we are back. So what's your process when another rapper comes at you, like in a battle rap? You're listening to what they say, and you're trying to pick words that you can use. Like, what's the process? Well, here's the thing. So let me explain. Like, freestyling is like, that's that's its own thing. So battle rap has become more written now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the battle stuff where there's no beat, and you see it online, that's like now, that's more of a boxing match where we do prepare for each other. So you know know who you're going to battle before you get there. And that changed. Back in the day, we would just, like, sign up on a... piece of paper and they call two names up and we didn't know who we were battling and that's freestyle for sure yeah but what what happened at at some point was like they took out the beat and they were like we're gonna do this acapella and it became more written for each other and the reason for that is back in the day it was fun it was exciting you see two guys and you're making fun of each other's shoes you rewatch those battles and you're like this was not as tight as i remember yeah (laughs) you know what i mean because it was freestyle so you kind of had to be there yeah so but if but this written style it's like you kind of don't even need to be a hip hop fan to enjoy this, you know what I mean? Because there's no beat. It's not. Ju- it's not really just hip hop anymore. It's like stand up. It's spoken word. It's a, a roast, basically. It's it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of shit. So, I think that's the reason that they, it went that way because it became more entertaining. And when you prepare for somebody, there's better content in there. You know what I'm saying? Now, like, is that where you met Aquafina as well? Was because she, she was a rapper? Or she was a rapper, but really not. I, I met her because she put out a music video. This was her first ever music video and song, actually. And uh, I just found it like it only had at the time like less than 500 views. Um, it eventually went viral, but less than 500 views. And at the time, I was just, I love finding like new Asian shit that is tight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's my thing. Like, I'm passionate about Asian artists, but I want, I like finding dope Asian artists. You know what I'm saying? So I came across her. I think another friend, like, we have this like group chat of like six Asian creatives where we just share mad, like, yeah. Asian shit coming out every day, you know? So this was like mad years ago. I'm probably like seven years or something like that, seven years ago or more. Uh, it get, I was like, who's this girl? She was like the first Asian girl that I saw that was like being self-deprecating while she raps, you know? Every other Asian girl was like trying to be super sexual or like like, like flexing. You know, this girl, the song was called My Vag. And, and she was like funny as fuck. She sounded good. And it was like the video had this like hipster aesthetic, you know? And I was like, this is, this is kind of special, you know what I mean? So I reached out to her. I was like, yo, I'm going to be in New York like in like two weeks. We should link up. So I just met up with her, and we became like really good friends. That was it. Yeah. And to, to see her just blow up, how's that feel, man? It's like stupid. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of people, I mean, you know this. It's like when you're in the game, like you see so many of your homies like blow up. Yes. You know, I, any young person out there, like when you reach 30, you will know a lot you of famous know, yeah. people. At least if you're in this industry. It, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like with her, you know, but her trajectory definitely is far crazier than most. You know yeah, what I'm saying? hundred percent. Um, But it's, it's amazing, you know, and like we're still really good friends. That's she hasn't changed. Huh? That's the best part. She's so fucking funny. Like she was, I think the reason her trajectory has been so crazy is she is genuine, genuinely like hilarious. Like you chill with her and she, it's special. Like you can tell she's like, there's something different about her, you know? And, and like when we did our first sticky rice comedy show at Pasadena, she showed up. Yeah. She showed love. That's what I love is like, she missed people- my shit though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was she like, I want to go check his set out. She totally missed it. Like she totally it. missed yeah, it. Yeah. Totally missed it. Uh, but it, it, it's cool to see like now, 
and I'm sure it happened before, but after yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, there's this new resurgence, or not even a resurgence, there's this new happening yeah. that's happening where like Asians are getting casted in different places and breaking a bunch of barriers. Like you said, SNL, right. you know, like the first Asian American ever on the show. Right, right, right. Now, right. Shane Gillis was a big deal. Right. You know, that came out. What was your thoughts when you first heard about it? And I, and to combat, he's a comedian as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's tough because there's so many angry Asians. Like, I'm on Twitter and Asian Twitter is like going off. Oh, right? yeah. But like, I'm, I'm not as like angry as them because I have thick skin about this stuff. And like, even for instance, like, yeah, I've been called chink and stuff in the past. You're a sure. battle rapper too. So I was, yeah. I was. And I, I always kind of handled it with rebuttaling with jokes. And I do think that there's an element of that. Like, everybody has a right to be angry about that, for sure, because it wasn't funny. That podcast wasn't funny. Like, yeah. That shit was not funny. No, not at all. And it was it was almost corny, because it's like, who the f- like, you hate Chinese food? Like, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a thing where they were trying to be funny, yeah, and they but kept it wasn't, going, and but it, it wasn't But here's the thing about being funny. Like, a lot of comedians use this excuse of, like, I know funny, right? But the truth is, a lot of these people who are getting older kind of don't know what funny is because knowing what funny is is knowing where culture shifts. You know yes. what I'm saying? Knowing mm-hmm. what where culture is going. Like, I know this because when I battled black people, Latinos, Asians, my I had to, to – it's not about, like, having the best rhymes, really, when you battle and you want people to be on your side. It's about – like really relating to people culturally. You know what I'm saying? Like something will sound racist if you don't know much about that culture. But the way Russell like uh, Russell Peters is a good example of like you can tell this motherfucker hung out with Vietnamese, yes. Filipino, Chinese. Like he knows Russell all- you can drop Russell Peters anywhere in the world and he can tell you exactly about those because people. Because the way he jokes about the shit is not just an accent. It's like he talks about the food, the family, like all these dynamics. You know what I'm saying? Battling is the same thing. Comedy is the same way. Like no one's going to – like you're going to sound hackish and corny if you don't know about the culture. Yeah, 100%. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I felt about that shit. Like, but on the other end too, the way like a lot of Asians are reacting on Twitter and being angry and – like the cancel culture about one thing I don't like about that is like there's going to be have to be a point where if you want to call this dude out for not being funny like you got to be funny like you got to like yeah. roast the motherfucker like I just see angry comedians and writers and, and you know Asian writers and comedians just being angry yeah I'm like you're a writer you're a comedian be funny you know what I'm saying like roast the dude like exactly. I want to I want to see that like I kind of want to see that so I am kind of tired of that element of it. You know what I mean? But I, I, I do you think the cancel culture has gone too far? Are we at that point now where it's that breaking point? Well, no, nah, I mean, it's like I I think you're going to have it's like everyone's going to have to, you know, deal with the consequences of what happens to you. You know what I'm saying? And I, you can't use a label as, oh, I'm just saying it for comedy. Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe that. Like so, it, it goes yeah. back to the shit that we were talking about about mm-hmm. like understanding culture, you know? Like there's a lot of heroes of mine that are you know super like all their comedy now is just like being like fuck cancel culture. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I that's the worst part about what what cancel culture has done is like everyone's comedy is about that. Yes. I I, I don't like that. You know, like what happened to just having bits about shit, regular shit, you know? Like now it's just about a fuck this culture, fuck but, that. Like, but like you said, it is about like you got to know what society is at right now, and that's where it is. I, I yeah, that's true. It, it, it is, you know, that's a big part of it. I just it, it's weird because I am seeing a lot of comedic, uh, comedian uh, heroes of mine who are turning into like the older, like bitter dude. You know, and you can see it. You know, what I mean, you can see it. Like 
yes, they, you know, like blaming things on millennials and shit like that. It's yeah, like, it, it's so corny to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, no, I got you. It makes you sound washed. You know what I mean? And I, I've always been like, I'm a, I'm a hip hop dude, like rap dude in my 30s. Like, that's pretty old for like a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Well, but uh, here's what's interesting: when I was growing up, like the rappers I looked up to were like only like five, six years older than me. Now. They're like fit, like Jay Z and all these dudes. They're forty five, fifty. It seems like I don't know if it's because of talent. I don't know if like rap since it first came out, these guys are legendary and they kept their status. But I never thought I'd be listening to a fifty year old rapper. Well, there's you know, a, there's only a few. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's like the only dude, really. Jay, but Luda, I mean, well, nobody listens. I mean, Kanye is in like his late thirties, forties. Thing, like no one wants to listen to like an old dude you don't really respect. That's why people listen to Jay Z because he's rich. You know yeah, yeah. Like, true. You're yeah. not gonna listen to an old dude who hasn't. You know, no, it's true. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like, and it's it's it is crazy. Do like, you feel that you're you're almost out of place at thirty? Yeah, for 30s? sure. Because yeah. there's. I hear about 15, 16 year old dudes, kids with like dudes, they're just kids, but like they put out a song, goes viral, they get signed off of it. You know what I mean? Like labels jump onto like a viral hit now. You know yeah. what I mean? When you, they hear a viral thing, they're like, I'm going to sign that because they're not, they're not looking at those artists as like legacy artists for no, a long time. No, it's just, let's make as much money we can. Exactly. As, on the song. That's all it is. And, and I get that. I'm, I'm like 33 and I feel old in hip hop. That's like wild. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and uh, it's almost funny though. Like I, I work it into a lot of my bits and stuff, and even the show I'm developing is kind of about that, about like this aging rapper. And it's just funny because we don't think about that a lot. We don't think about adult rapper. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's there's like you know the Jay Zs, but that's a rare rare thing. We don't think about the working class rapper because when we think about rap, we think about yachts, yeah. money, just making it rain. You know, we don't think about. I'm gonna uh, be financially stable. You know, yeah, like I'm yeah. trying to pay the rent. You the know, eighteen thousand like, dollar a year rapper. That's you what know? I'm saying. We don't we don't think about the minimum that. wage. And rapper. I think that's funny because it's like that. That I never thought I was gonna be like one day I'm gonna be financially stable. Like, yeah. You know, I was like, nah, I'm gonna be on a yacht popping champagne. Like you know. What I mean? So so how is the rap game going for you? Have you are you dropping new music? Are you? Yeah. Do I, you respect a young rapper? Yeah, of course. Okay. I, I well, I mean, it's. I, I listen to a lot of young shit, to be honest. Okay. Like I'm more than a lot of you know older cats. Like older cats can hate on shit. I know. I know you don't like all everything too. Because I've heard your bits about that. It, yeah, I don't. I, I I don't like the mumble rap. I like the beats. Like there's different things you can respect about. Like I right right. I just feel like the lyrics aren't today. You respect goes, it. You don't like it. It's not your preference. I, yeah, I respect sure. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I get them making a lot. Of, I understand because I'm from music, so I understand. I'm from the music industry. I understand why why it works. But right. I just felt like, and I don't want to sound old, but I just felt like lyrically, besides a couple rappers today, lyrically, it was about lyrics right. in the past. Now it's about beats, and we kind of just talk over it. Well, we, I, you know, an argument for that, because I've talked about this you know, more than I want to you know, yeah. with people, but like argument for that is that Yes, there is stuff that it's like redundant constantly, but there's also obviously good rap and not necessarily good, but stuff with content. You know what I mean? Um, but there's also old rappers back in the day that was oh, talking too. nonsense too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, let, let there was a lot of hibbity jibbity. Oh, stuff. there was a what? What, like, what was it? Uh, it was like Doctor Dre. Well, I'm creeping because I'm creeping because I'm creeping. Right, right, right. I mean, I mean, I'm talking. About, I'm even talking about like. Fushnickens or something like yeah. that. Sound, sound, I'm bum, not saying skibbity it, bum, skibbity it, bum, hop. To me, it wasn't whack, but it wasn't 
con like there's not meat in there. There's no content. But I would say more rappers back then were were it was about the lyrics. So like you had tribe, you had like you can't. I can name a whole boatload of people that were about lyrics back then. Today, the ones that are known for lyrics that are popular. Let's talk about mainstream popular. It's like. Basically, J. Cole, J. Cole Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, yeah, yeah. and like maybe one or two other. Where before it was about like uh, Tribe, NWA was making Public Enemy. Like it was just you can go on and on I, and on. I think a lot of I think a lot of it actually has to do with attention span too, because yes. people just want to hear melodies because lyrics require you to like tune in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to tune in. You can't have ADD and like <laughs> try to like listen to lyrics. You yeah. know what I mean? So. The melody stuff, you could just kind of have it playing and you can still enjoy it. And I I also think it's just, you know, the music industry is so different where it's about streaming now. It's about one song. And now, like, like literally, Kanye West's last album was 22 minutes, something like it was like five songs. So that's an album today. Where before, I remember like Chronic, it's 24 songs, two hours. It was a whole story. Like, wow. Most, Most rap songs are two minutes now. I know, really? yeah, I, I know this because, like, even I'm conscious of that when I make songs now. Like, two you know, minutes. I, I used to make, I used to write three verses for songs all the time. Like, I, I don't remember the last time I wrote three verses. I've so it's two, two verses in. Yeah. Now, do you? And they're not even sixteens anymore. They're like twelves. You know. What so I mean? do you start with a hook now just to get them? Or does it still start with a? I mean, I, I still writing a good hook is always the hardest part. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you know, Jay Z, you know, said like. It's about not like he 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 used to be a hibbity jibbity rapper. You oh know, yeah, he used to go by Jazz. Uh, forgot his fucking old name, uh, Jazzo or something. Um, and it uh, you know, he used to be like like that old school kind of like yeah. hibbity dibbity rapper. Yeah, hibbity dibbity. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, he said in an interview like that, it's not like he learned that it's about saying more with less. You know what mm. I'm saying? And, and I realized that too. Like now, when I like I used to cram in mad syllables and shit, but now it's like I want to say I want. Have uh, that space and like let things breathe and shit. You know, how did you build your audience mainly? Was it battle rapping? Was it was it podcasting? Like, what's your what, where's your main audience coming I, from now? Um, it's it's a little bit of everything. I I like to do a lot of shit. You know, like I would say even early on, like when I got into battle rapping and I was making videos and doing little funny YouTube things and shit, but. I, I my I would always say like I I owe a lot to battle rap because it is the one kind of arena that set me apart from a lot of things like from other rappers because there was there weren't many Asians particular doing it and I people always ask me like was it hard to be an Asian in this like all black art form all this shit actually like to me I thought it helped me because it helped me stand out yeah you know what I mean and and in a lot of these things it's all about being different you know and I always thought hip hop was about being unique and different so. To me, I always loved being the only Asian motherfucker at, in a cipher and some dude underestimating me and going at me. Like, as soon as he's like started clowning on me in my head, I was like, I'm about to kill you. Like, I'm about yeah. to destroy you. <laughs> like, did, I love that. Like, like, when you were in back, you know, you went the third time you performed. How long did you have to perform before you became a name and people started to know a who long you were? Time. Like, you know, two, three this years. Isn't, this isn't like fast. Like, I before I even put out my first my own content like my own video on my YouTube channel I had hundreds of videos online of people with a camcorder or something and a parking lot just filming me and uploading it I thought I was a shit I was like I got hundreds of videos online and I, they have millions of views and then I met like a dude who be, eventually became my manager and he was like you know I'm not making a single dime <laughs> off this <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. I was like 
That's a good point. Like, I didn't even think about that. I was feeling myself. I was like, I had all these millions of views and shit. He was like, yo, you got to start making your own shit. You got to mm-hmm. make songs. You got to make music videos and all that. But as far as like the underground open mics you were going to, that Good Cafe or yeah, what, yeah, good, luck, yeah. when, well, good Luck Cafe, when did you create a name where people were like, when you walked in, people were like, oh, he can rap. He oh. might jump in on this. When oh, did like people... over there or just fans in general? No, no, no. After... Over there. Over at there. That oh, yeah. okay. It was, it was a place called Project Blowed. Good Life is yeah. like the original version okay. of it. But um, over there, it took a while too. It did because there couple was a couple so... years. Uh, it probably like after yeah, like I would say two years or so. Okay, you know? I mean they knew I was a regular. I'd go every week, so I was part of like you know a dude who's a regular, but I wasn't accepted yet. You know ah, what I'm saying? Okay. I wasn't accepted, and there was all these crews. Like people were making a crew, and like finally I went enough uh, weeks that like. I knew all the top dudes and I was part of the top dudes and we okay. were we were like we should make a crew together so we made a crew like we picked the best eight dudes and we're like we're we're crew now we went by swim team that was our name of the crew and uh it was uh, and actually one of the guys in the crew has a show on Comedy Central called um a new negroes actually open, Oh yeah okay open Mike Eagle he's he's the rapper guy in uh with Baron uh but he he's actually he was actually part of the crew so Wow okay yeah, uh he's from Chicago but he um we were just literally just like one day, one week, we were like, yo, we should make a crew. Let's just put all the dopest dudes in it. So we picked like eight people, and I was part of that crew. And we were a crew for a long time performing all over Los Angeles and all that. We'd had crew battles sometimes. We had eight of us battle like another crew, um, an OG crew who didn't really like us. You know? Oh, okay. Like OGs there were like mean. They were hating. <laughs> they huh? were not supportive. Like OGs were, <laughs> they were not nah, supportive. No, nah, no, nah, OGs were mean. Because you're talking about these dudes who were like still doing it. You know, they're not like passing and they're not making on, money. They weren't yeah. passing on the torch. <laughs> they were like, we still trying to light the shit. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it was, it was, it was a very rough environment, but it, it was the best I could have I, I ever wished for to make me who I am. Like, now, our first Sticky Rice show, you did stand up. Are you transitioning into stand? Do you want to do more? Of that? I definitely want to do more stand up. It's and but I respect it. You know, that's why I don't really promote much of it. Like on my things, like I promote that. You know, that, yeah, that was a course. great opportunity, yeah. but. That was probably the first time I actually like promoted it on my socials. Like I don't like to do that because I feel like I don't deserve like my dumbfounded fans coming to that yet. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I want to just kind of do it and get genuine response. You know what I mean? Because if you get your fans there, they might just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you're the best." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want that. I want. I really do respect that, and I think that comes from the way I came up within this open mic. You know what I mean? I have that respect. And I know, I've been a stand-up fan for a long time, so I know a lot of stand-up comedians and I've been to these shows and I know how shit works. Okay, so so Aquafina, you just finished taping a show with her on Comedy Central, right? What's the name of it? It's uh, Nora from Queens. Nora from Queens. How was that? Nora's her real name, yeah. How how was the show? I mean, like, uh, was it... Were you in a couple of episodes? How was it? Yeah, fun? I was sprinkled in it. Like I'm, I'm one of her friends who just says like funny shit you okay. know, once in a while. But I will say it's it's special because you know I was just watching her do her thing, not not like me or what. I was just watching her. She's like you know every episode she's doing so much shit, you know. And I was watching it and I was like, this is special. I've never seen an Asian girl do like over the top comedy like different wigs and you know acting crazy not willing to be silly as fuck like on some lucille ball gilderette or like you know that kind of shit you know because you you have asian comedians and stuff like you know margaret cho og ali wong doing her thing but they're not like over the top doing physical comedy her during the show is like you see that and i was like kind of getting chills i was like this is some new shit you know i felt like that yeah it was dope 
That's awesome. So what else are you getting into? What do you got your podcast? What's the name of that podcast? Fun with dumb every week. A lot, a lot of it has become like a focus on like Asians doing different things. Like, uh, like a lot of Asian Americans that I look up to, but it's it, it's it's everything. It's just turned into that because like I have a lot of a network of that. Yeah, but, um, it's just some fun shit. We just have casual chats and shit. But um, I'm working on a TV show that I'm pitching around right now. All so, right, uh, and that and that's a lot of the stuff we're talking about. I'll be, I'll be playing myself and stuff. Okay, how um, can people find you? They can find me on any all the socials. Dumbfounded, I fucking. So, so you're not going to change this to John Park? <laughs> no, no, John, no. John Park will be there. Dumb, you know, it's funny. I went through a phase like a couple of years back where I was actually trying to change my rap name, and like my fans was like not happy. No, they were, they, <laughs> they were like want, they didn't want nothing to do with yeah, that. Yeah, I tried to change it to like something more like grown. Like it was just like off of my last name Park. I tried to just go by Parker. And they were like, you're not Parker. Parker. <laughs> you're not Parker. Yeah, you're not a Parker. You're dumbfounded. Yeah. And so I, I literally I literally tried to do this brand, everything, change everything, merch, new merch as Parker. <laughs> they were like, nah. I did a whole tour as that and everything. And it just could not change. Like, I couldn't change it. You know what? I tried to, and I, I love your shirts. I tried to order one. Mm. But but it, it, I got you. Yeah, I got no, you. No, 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 no. I'm gonna order one. I don't. I don't take anything for free. I'm gonna order one to support. But I love them. But when I was trying to do it, I was on a plane, so I guess it didn't. <laughs> that the PayPal didn't work on a plane. <laughs> but I am gonna get a shirt. They're dope, man. I that's love the logo. Who made that? Who made your uh, art? You talking about the face one? The or? face one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's actually a mural in Koreatown that exists. On the side of a liquor store, You're there's famous. a mural of me. You're famous in well, Koreatown. Well, that was because, actually, I had one of my artist homies, like, paint that because I had a song called Murals. And he he painted that for the music video, but the liquor store loved it so much, they kept it. And it, it's it's still up there. It's That's dope. It's been up there for three years. It's crazy. So, when I go to Koreatown, the one restaurant I got to go to? You know, Korean barbecue is like, you can't go wrong with Parks Barbecue. Parks? Yeah, Parks is like. You don't own it, do you? No, no. Okay. <laughs> but it's funny, though. They got a cele- wall of celebrity pictures, and they didn't have me up for the longest. And I was, like, mad as fuck. <laughs> I was like, I, there's nobody who reps K-Town harder than any That's motherfucker right. here. You got, like, Seth Rogen on here. You, they, they even had D-list celebrities on that motherfucker. Really? And I was like, y'all better throw me up on this shit. Like, and then Are I, you up there? I, I finally made that shit, but I, I was mad at it and boycotting that shit for years. <laughs> I was bitter as fuck, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah. Dumb, thank you so much for stopping thank by, you, bro. Man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Make sure you subscribe. Give it five stars. It's the Michael Yo Show. <laughs>